It's May 25th, 2023, and you are listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Hello again, everyone. We actually made it to the end of the month or almost the end of the month, and we did a second podcast. I wasn't sure that was that was going to happen. I think we were supposed to do it last week. Was it last week we were supposed to? I don't know. Our, our whole schedule got thrown off by, by April that I was just kind of like, we should probably record sometime soon, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, here we are recording. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I was so determined to just really stick with a hard schedule this year, and let's just do it and crank it and, and get going. But nevertheless, here we are. We're back, and we wanted to talk about this podcast on this podcast about something. I, I think if you are an owner or a client, or if even if you're um, architecture students, if you're an architect, I think all of this, this really applies to everyone, especially if you're an owner, because if you're an owner and you've never worked with an architect before, part of me says, okay, buckle up, buttercup, because you're going to hear some of this and, and, and try to figure out exactly what your ar- architect's telling you. And so we thought we'd talk about what we call speak. And for sort of the plain English idea is that and I think every profession does this, but we have a tendency to use language that clients don't necessarily understand and sometimes use language that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, or even normal people understand, like like you're out in the world and you see a, a documentary on some museum that some high-powered architect did and you get to that interview with the architect. And he's going off and oh, I got a quote for you about said museum. It says the project develops the realm of the in-between, the interest, the realm of the democratic openness, plurality and potential by navigating the course between rigid totalities on the one hand and the chaos of events. On the other hand, this building reflects an evolving identity open to the profound public participation, access and education. The building is therefore a catalyst for focusing energies, both entrepreneurial and spiritual, and molding them into a creative expression. Like, like what? Like, if you're, you're, if you hear that off the street, you just turn around to the guy behind you who's who's spouting that nonsense. You're like, what? What did you just say? Oh gosh! Exactly, exactly. And I love that that you use sort of the David Attenborough voice from from planet earth i know i didn't want to i didn't want to embarrass myself with a british accent but but i, I thought i'd at least give it a shot <laughs> yeah, yeah no, i had that had that very much david attenborough feel to it and i think it's that that yeah if you heard it on the street you'd be like are you having a stroke what's going on someone tell me but but it's that that idea of arca speak sort of that category because there's really are two categories to this and and they're not mutually exclusive but to me, that falls into that category of sort of it's the poetic, poetic, and it's attributing more meaning to the design than probably anyone could have imagined. And if you've gone to an architecture lecture, lecture and not not just you know watching a documentary, but if you go and hear an architect talk about his work, a lot of times that's what you're going to get: this sort of flowery description of what they've done and what it all really means. And so it's that sort of poetic. But I know you also have one that's that 
you found a quote that falls hard into the other category. But I want to I want to share one of one of the ones that I found that and it's a local architect, but I'm not going to mention any names. But I I read it and I thought I I just don't I don't know what to think. I would love to know what project he was talking about because it says the celebration of natural elements. Water, light, wind, smoke. I don't think of smoke as a natural element, but that's beside the point. And the recognition of directions through unique architectural devices beyond framing views is poetic, ah, and adds a layer of the atmospheric to the would-be lived experience of the spaces. He even says it's poetic in his own quote. <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, yeah, I, uh. And I know who the architect is. It's not a, not an unfamiliar name, and I know no don't know him personally, but I have seen him in public venues talking about architecture. And to me, the the quote fits so perfectly with with his general attitude about things. But yeah, it's it's that it's that notion that we have to give justification to it. So here's this nice flowery description that somehow you're supposed to understand. And I think a lot of, probably a lot of architects don't get it either, but maybe aren't willing to admit it. You think? Yeah, I think so. So, so I think we've got, I think we've established Arcus speak as this poetic, sometimes, sometimes a little overly dramatic view of a building, but another category that I, I think in our research of of just bringing quotes to each other, to each other and being like, check this one out, check this one out. Like as we were, as we were kind of trading quotes for the, for this, for the research, for this episode, I think, I, I I think another category that we can officially label them as would be unintelligible. And I, and I like, and I like the, the, the museum quote that, that I read at the top. Like, I think that qualifies as unintelligible because like if, if the whole thing starts off develops the realms of the in between the interest the realm of democratic openness plurality and potential what like it, it's just like if you if you take it sentence by sentence it just doesn't make much sense and and so and throw in and then if you throw in a couple of made up words that architects are really really good about doing like you understand what one part of the word means and then you understand what the back half of the word means and so you can kind of get an idea of what they mean together but it's still you're just like that's not a word <laughs> So, Larry, I'd like to play this game with you. I'm going to read off another one of my quotes, and I want you to deconstruct it and you tell me what it means, just 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 so that we have a, a maybe a translation of it. Okay. So, so I'll start I'll, I'll start off with simultaneous to this analog. Our project represents an attempt to rethink the symbolism of the vertical office building. Traditionally, the vertical building has two metam metaphoric connotations one as a metaphor of anthropocentrism and the other as a symbol of power and dominance in particular phallocentrism our building symbolically seeks to undermine these two centrisms first by producing a building that is not metaphorically skeletal or striated but rather one that is made up of a shell of vertically compressed and translated plates and second by producing an image somewhere bet- between erect and a limp, 
condition. What you got? I think that's hello penis. Um, hello penis and vagina. That's that's all I'm getting out of this is that, you know, he's talking about, well, it's not a dick. So we've made it a vagina. I'm I'm just 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 a description alone and that he would that the architect in question would have come up with this description. I mean, it is almost unintelligible. I've never heard the word anthropocentrism or phallocentrism. You know, I've I've you've I've looked at the building guns and that looks like a giant penis, but I've never actually tried to find a word to express that. So and it, and I'm just imagining hearing him talk about this in front of people and put, sort of put this out there to, to the public that are attending his lecture. And he gets to the end where he says it's somewhere between an erect and limp condition. I think I would have fallen out of my chair. I would have probably rolled around on the floor laughing for about 10 minutes because, oh my God. I mean, that's, is, are you getting the same sort of sense of that? I mean, honestly, I, I, I thought this dude needs to get laid because he's talking way too much. He's got way too many dick jokes in here. Yes, th- these are sophisticated dick jokes. Uh, honestly, that's that, that is a perfect, perfect description. It's like, oh my god, are you twelve? <laughs> are you giggling the whole time you're writing this? Because I would be. I, I'm just yeah, yeah. But it's but it's unintelligible enough that. Maybe if you aren't really paying close attention, maybe hearing it doesn't sort of have the same impact as reading it. So, so I'm wondering if that's sort of the, the trick here is that, you know, it's, it's, it sounds sophisticated enough, pretentious enough to feel sort of unintelligible and maybe unapproachable and, and maybe you're not just quite getting it, like you're just not smart enough to grab it. But at the same time, if you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a dick joke. And that's just what... <laughs> what it is but you know it's i i wanted to say it could this could be sort of poetic and and unintelligible at the same time but i think it's just unintelligible yeah i that that's that's the that's the feeling i'm getting to i'm gonna rate this as just more of the unintelligible yeah and and the thing is is it just doesn't it it i think it, it it puts into perspective that notion that as architects we come across as unapproachable or Maybe you're perhaps a bit stuffy or pretentious. And the quote that really kind of got me in thinking about that way, and, and we're talking, this is much more poetic than unintelligible, but but at the same time, I think it, it sort of, I don't know, it just sort of puts that puts that in my head that that this really is this is how this is how people perceive us and why they think they can't come talk to us. And the quote goes the Canadian Museum for Human Rights makes visible the fundamental commonality of humankind. Not a bad sentence. Carved into the earth and dissolving into the Winnipeg horizon, the abstract ephemeral wings of a white dove embrace a mythic stone mountain, a 450-million-year-old Tyndall limestone. The structure is a timeless landmark for all nations and cultures, a symbolic apparition of ice, clouds, and stone set in a field of sweet grass. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm like that's that is to me that's just perfectly poetic and again, I don't know if it really means anything other than, you know, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with with something that makes sense and, and and I think that gets in that that idea, you know, you know I've talked about why do we speak this way? Why do architects speak this way and what does it really accomplish for us? And I don't know that either one of us know for sure. For me, it's sort of that thing of we came up with a great idea, 
and we just thought it looked really neat. And so now I've got to justify my reasoning for it. So if I'm getting in front of the client or I'm presenting to an audience that there's some some more ethereal explanation that will will make me look maybe more important than I am. Do you ever get that from when you like you've attended lectures? Oh yeah, I I remember one specific lecture at UTA and one of the and he was a fairly well-known architect, but he came in and he told the class, he told the the people who were who had invited him there aren't enough people in here. I'm more important than than I I need more people to be here because I don't rate how many people are in this auditorium right now. You need to get more people because I deserve that much. So I think there's a little bit of that that, that you get, especially from the like the class of architects that could be known as like a, a star architect. You know, think you're you know, you're Daniel Liebeskin, your Zaha Hadid's, um, Jark Ingalls, like that level of architect, like you've got a certain ego to you and you have to maintain that ego. And, and part of maintaining that ego is, is feeding the, the mystique that is your brain. Like if, if somebody says, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, that's a really cool building. And then you proceed to launch into this, you know, 19 page dissertation on the, the interaction between the waves and the horizon and how that's connected to the overall flow of the building. Then you know the, you, you're you're you've kept that image alive, right? And so maybe there's a little bit of that, but I I so I think for some part it's it's ego. You're right, but I also think that like just be just just be proud of what you did, and say hey, I built this really cool structure. I mean, I know, I know that's that's all, that's. But but I would love that. I would love to go to a lecture. Or see a quote from from an architect somewhere in a magazine, in an interview when they're asking about the building, and just have them go. You know what? We were drawing it, we were sketching it, and suddenly we realized, wow, that looks really cool. And that's what we drew, and that's what we have. There's no mystic- mystical explanation behind it, or no poetic explanation behind it. We just thought it was a cool building, just once. I would love to see someone say that. Because I think it would be, for a lot of us, it's just honest. I mean, I think that's just be honest about what it is you're, be honest about what it is that you're doing and what you've done. Don't feel like you have to impress anybody with it. Well, I was talking with a client and she made a comment about how you could stand in one doorway, look through the other doorway and see through the doorway into the master bedroom and then out the doorway onto the deck. And I had not really paid any attention to it. It's just that sort of natural thing of what you do that that our eyes kind of go that way, that we want things to align and we want a, a, a sight line kind of thing going. And she said, did you plan that? And I just looked at her and went, no, I, I hadn't even paid attention to that. I hadn't even noticed that that's what happened. I said, I think it, it's it's something that we maybe subconsciously strive for. And maybe that's just how, how we are particularly trained. But no, I hadn't noticed it. I was just honest with her about it because there's no point in me making up some fluffy stuff. She'd see right through it. So yeah, it would be nice to have an honest take on what your process really was. And plain English, even better. Well, and and, and that's, 
and that's another thing. I feel like a lot of the des- these descriptions are for the PR machines after the fact. So you you've made this really cool building and and maybe maybe I mean and every architect is trained to consider the different angles of the sun based on the time of year, uh, the the site of the building, the different sight lines that you can, and the different views that you can get at different uh, locations on a site. Like we're trained to recognize all of that. So to be able to perfectly capture the essence of a space or the essence of a place in one contained building is, is a, is a, it's it's a cool thing when it when you when it finally happens and and we talked about this last week. I felt like um, I, I felt like Fountain Place here in Dallas does a pretty good job of that. If you can describe all of the things that that go in, the, all of the thoughts that go into it, like oh, it, you know, we 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 know that, and I'll give Fountain Place as an example. We know that it gets really hot in Dallas, so we were trying to integrate. Uh, a temperature difference on our site versus a few blocks over so that when you walk onto our site, you automatically feel cooler as you're going past it. And then, and then we were able to make a, this really interesting sculptural form based on, you know, something else and, and, and just walk through it without getting to, without trying to elevate it beyond what it is. I think, I think that would, I think that would still impress people to the point where you can, you don't have to resort to you don't have to resort to blowing smoke up their ass. Yeah. This is just this is just what you've done and we yes, we are trying to take all of these things into consideration. What are the client needs? What are the site requirements? What's the surrounding area doing that that we have to adjust for? And then we go do those things. So yeah, I, I think it's 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 definitely that sort of arc of speak and I think if you're a client and your your architect starts you know sort of blathering on don't don't hesitate to stop them because because not only will you get the speak sometimes you're going to get some technical stuff that you you won't necessarily grasp but, but people seem to be afraid to to cut people off and say okay go back up back up a little bit tell me what that means and so yeah i just i I'm, i it's just one of those things that that you listen to it and i think wow wow and and I'm not sure when it happens or how it happens, or is there some weird training in school that we we subconsciously get <laughs> that teaches us to talk this way, or do we pick it up while we're working for other people? I I don't know, but I do know that that you know we found multiple quotes out there that are like this, and I'm sure there are tons more. So if if you guys come across something you just think is hilarious or fits into one of these categories of unintelligible or overly poetic, please, please, please email it to us. You can, you can reach me at Larry at spotted architecture.com or on Instagram and Twitter at spotted dog arch. And you can find me at Matthew at adding architecture.com or adding architecture.com. And you can always find the podcast at arch geeks podcasts on Instagram. Instagram and architecturegeeks.com for our website. So I think that's where we're going to end it today because we just want to all speak in plain English and be understood. So, <laughs> okay, guys. Well, in that, in that vein, have a wonderful evening or weekend or whatever it is. Hopefully a wonderful Memorial Day. And we will talk with you next time. Bye. Bye.